Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years. So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and if there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey. That'd be awesome. That's what we're here for. Welcome to this episode of Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. Our topic today is homeschooling through the holidays. Ooh, scary topic. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to talk about first? Yeah. Well, let's talk about how we did things in the beginning of our homeschooling journey. How did you homeschool through the holidays? We, I really tried to push it and make it, um, we would take the day, the holiday off. And then I really tried to get all those hours in before and after, and I pushed it too hard. Yeah. And now we are much more relaxed. What about you? I would agree. You know, at first when we start homeschooling, you you feel like you have to follow the public school schedule, or at least I did. So I was really stuck on that, like, okay, Thanksgiving is on this Thursday. So we'll take the day before and the day after off. So I would find myself frantic those first, you know, Monday and Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, still feeling like I needed to continue doing all of the school with the kids so that we could have time to take off. But what I found is the more we do this, the more relaxed we've gotten to the point that I think at this point, we are just we take the whole week of Thanksgiving off. We Mm -hmm. take, you know, the last part of December off. I have a child with a December birthday. So we kind of use that birthday as our cutoff date. And so the day before is our last day. And then we wait until it makes sense to start back in January. Yeah. We always did. uh, When we first started homeschooling, I would try to pencil in as much school as I could possibly do on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And we'd always have a certain family time together on the day before Thanksgiving. And then we'd have a different, we'd have two different family gatherings, one on Wednesday and one on Thursday. And so I do as much as I could with the kids on the Wednesday before we had to go to that one. And Thursday would take off because we'd go straight to my parents' house. And then Friday, I'd try to pick out, pick it up again and try to think about what kind of school things can we do during these times? Maybe we should learn about pilgrims. Maybe we should learn about what did they eat and how did they find all that? Like I would get it into these huge government and history lessons and stuff. And my kids were like, oh, geez, mom. And Christmas we'd go right. I have a December birthday kiddo too. And we would take his birthday off and then we'd start right back up again. And uh, so I was just always so stressed and so intense about making sure that everything was so educational and not realizing that no matter what we did, it's educational because they're growing and they're, you know, your, the relationship you have with them is educational. The familial time that they get is educational. They're learning about those family bonds and the family history and the traditions that you decide to keep and the ones that you decide to throw away. And all of that is a learning experience. And it took me several years to learn that, you know? Right. Well, and then you've also got 
yeah, all the family dynamics, learning how to host a gathering. I don't know about you guys, but most of the time we would host Thanksgiving at our house and Christmas at our house. And so, you know, trying to prepare for that on top of schooling. And it was really so stressful that I feel like, you know, what's, what's the point, what's the goal of pushing and pushing and pushing for the book work to be done when mom's frazzled, the kids are frazzled and what better time to socialize than during the holidays, you know, because there's so many great activities to go and do. If you want to go and do things, there's so many great movies to watch that go along with books that you've read, you know, like that's really the time that you want to hunker down and drink hot chocolate and watch a movie on the couch, not did we do our language arts today? Cause it's Christmas Eve and For we need sure. to start new. <laughs> yeah. And I never hosted before my mom died. And then once my mom died, I started hosting everything it seemed. And yeah. so it, that was a, a big change, you know? So I guess, and I, we didn't start homeschooling until after my mom died. So I guess during our whole homeschooling journey, <laughs> yeah. we've hosted quite a few things. Yeah. So having that as a dis- additional stressor for sure. Mm-hmm. So this year we're just going to, you know, I only have one kid left homeschooling and we're just going to go with the flow and um, he's mm-hmm. got some pretty severe food aversions. So the focus will be learning for him to be learning what foods will he be willing to try. And that mm-hmm. takes a ton of energy and focus for him, but that's a huge growth opportunity for him. And that'll be, and that's not something that you can write down for your log books, but, um, (laughs) it'll be important life lesson. Absolutely. So now that you're taking more of your time to slow down and focus on traditions and things that you do, what are some of the traditions that you like? Well, we've thrown a whole lot of traditions out the window. Um, we don't do Turkey Thanksgiving. We do seafood generally. Um, sometimes (laughs) if we're running on the cheap, we're going to do, uh, like little Cornish hens, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, we do, my kids won't eat Turkey. No one will eat Turkey in my house except for me. So there's no point in making it, but they eat calamari. So we're going to have, you know, cat will fry gluten-free calamari and we will (laughs) (laughs) do shrimp scampi and, but we'll do some of the sides, you know, we'll still do sweet potato casserole and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So we have fun with it and yeah, make our own traditions in that way. And that way everyone feels included. We really can't have things where the food is the focus. So many parties within our homeschool communities are so food focused that yeah, for kids with allergies, I've got some kids with allergies, food allergies, and you know, you've got food aversions going on and and allergies as well. And um, it does make it challenging. So yeah, for a lot of years, I wouldn't sign up for the Christmas parties at co-op or whatever, just because it was such a point of contention with the little ones who maybe don't understand why they can't have something or, right. you know, yeah. uh, whatever, but well, we should tell them too. Like last year we, uh, you hosted a cooking class and part of their mm-hmm. assignment was the week of Thanksgiving. Was it the week of Thanksgiving or the week before? I don't remember. So oh I yeah. We did the Thanksgiving class. Yeah. Yeah. Where they had to cook, they had to cook their favorite Thanksgiving thing and then everyone needed to try it, you know, yes. and, um, and they so plan the party in support and- of the, of each other, whatever everybody else has been cooking. And that was a challenge mm-hmm. for my kid to try some things he's never tried before. That was really fun. I forgot about that. I don't know why yeah. I forgot about it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, was cool. great too, because I think during this holiday time, 
to include the whole family. Like a lot of times dads don't get to participate in what we do with our homeschool, the fun right. activities. And so to plan something special during the holidays was, a, is a good idea at this point in the game for me anyway, just yeah. To and to make sure that they, that everyone feels included. So yes. it, was, it was the dads, it was, you know, all of the younger siblings, were the yeah. younger siblings, and they all got to try different things, you know, and so-and-so made this, what did you think of that? What would you change about it? You know, and maybe you should add that to your family's dinner this year and right. um, maybe exchange recipes with one another. And so it's, you know, even though it was food focused, it wasn't food focused. It was more about right. the community um, yes. and the support of one another. And that's what I wanted to kind of bring home with them. It's like, yeah, you're practicing making these recipes because it's a cooking class, but on the same token, you're going to support all of your peers that are in this cooking mm -hmm. class and give them good feedback, critique, positive, negative, the whole shebang. We're going to have dads come and they're like, oh no, dads are coming. I don't want my dad to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, you know, and they really enjoyed it. And the dads had comments, oh, this is my favorite. This is really good. Maybe we could add a B, you know, this one needed a little bit of salt or, you know, and that's really good feedback for them. So that it's a growth opportunity for them. And, um, yeah. they were all really, really proud of the, mm -hmm. the dishes that they made being able to share with others. It was just, it was a really good experience for all of them. I think we should do that again. <laughs> we totally should. With the yeah. younger kids, you know, like right. to do it when they're a little bit older, we can do a cooking class with them again. And yeah, well, and I, I think too, it's important. We all understand and know each other's food aversions and food allergies. Right. So finding a smaller group to have those fantastic memories with would be great Absolutely. because then you, you don't the feel like you're missing of, out yeah, yeah without the pressures of oh you have to try this you know yeah. you have to um eat this you know take what you want but eat what you take kind of you know methodology yeah. that doesn't work and we, we need to have a positive supportive environment you know i'd like for you to taste that just put a little bit on your tongue and if you don't like it that's okay you know and no one's going to you know it, it, and my kid would say oh i don't care for that but it's not because of it being bad, it's just not something that I enjoy. And that it's very understandable. And, you know, just having that supportive environment is mm -hmm. really, really important. You know, we, we all have family members that are like, why won't you eat such, I've never met a kid that won't eat. It's the holidays, load them up with sugar. You know, that's what we right. do. And no, yes. that's not what we do <laughs> <laughs> right? because we can't do that because of the allergies. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you, you know, the, one of the first times we went to your house and you were making dinner for all the kids, I think you had pizza for all the kids and I've got a kid that won't eat pizza, which I know is weird, but you had gluten-free chicken nuggets for him. And I'll tell you, I cried because no one <laughs> has ever been that supportive you know, to that level of like acknowledging that this child is, it's not a behavior issue. It's not something that we can change, but he also needs to feel included and loved and honored in the same way all these other kids do. And this is what we can do to do that. I mean, like it was, I can't even tell you how important that was to all Aww. of us and what a relief that was. Yeah. So we always like to go to uh, Aaron's house. <laughs> Because there's well, all of my kids can always have something there, you know, and yeah, it, that's really special. And I don't think people realize that, that, that something that simple, it might feel simple, but it's not to the person that's receiving it, you know?
Right. That to the to the world you may be one thing, but to the one thing you may be the world. You know. Oh yeah. So that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So it's important, I think, to find those people that really get it that really get you and it's no matter what the situation with a familial situation is but we all feel like we have to deal with difficult people during the holidays but mm -hmm. there's no there's no rule that says you do you know if there's someone that's in that's hindering the health and well-being of your child whether it be with food or some other situation you don't have to spend the holidays with them you really don't right. as a parent you can make different decisions yeah. And, and that's the same with us. You know, I think with homeschooling anyway, you have family that either agrees, disagrees or indifferent, but not many right. are indifferent, but when it comes to the holidays, you know, when you've set boundaries for your family, like, you know, I'm not traveling to three different houses on the same day because that's right. not restful, you know, yes. um, finding those boundaries, I think over time. And when you've done it a little bit longer, you kind of understand more of like, what is the boundary that needs to be set up for the holiday season with homeschooling so that it's restful for mom so that you can enjoy, because, you know, you do only have so many holidays where the whole family's together. And when you look back on that, are you going to really regret that <laughs> you were so frazzled probably, but you're never going to regret that you sat on the couch and, you know, or made cookies with the kids or did something as a family. Um, so yeah, we have found some traditions that we like to do that are non-food related. Uh, there's a local church that does journey to Judea, which to me is kind of the thing we do in the holiday season to prepare our hearts for why we're celebrating Christmas. And they set it up as a walk outside and like, there's a village and it tells the story of Jesus's life. And that's really exciting for us, um, just to kind of set the tone for the holidays. Um, there's also several, drive-through lights, you can go and, you know, get yes. the car loaded with the kids and drink hot chocolate while you look at the different Christmas lights. And finding lights. a time where it's not busy to go, you know, whenever we yes. would do the drive-through lights, it would be a dusk on a Sunday evening because everyone right. else and their brother always would go on Friday nights and Saturday nights and I'm not waiting in the three mile line. So yeah. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can plan to not do school during the day so that we can enjoy the downtime where we have less wait time. So those of us that still have little ones at home, uh, we're not getting cranky kiddos waiting in line for an hour and a half to look at lights right. that are 30 seconds long, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of enhances the time because you've slowed down enough to enjoy it. Yeah, I think just the addressing the guilt of the holidays, which will, is a good transition for the next kind of topic about holidays is, you know, so many of us have chronic conditions, health conditions, or family members. Um, I know last year for me having adrenal fatigue, I was exhausted and just understanding like my, I, my body couldn't do all the things that I wanted. So finding the things that were really important to my family to celebrate and to do together, um, and making that guilt go away because it's Absolutely. just, it's not going to happen. So what can I enjoy during the holiday season? Um, and I've talked to other homeschool moms too, that have adrenal fatigue or other issues, uh, chronic things that they're dealing with. And it is a struggle to have that mom guilt of, you know, I just, I want to go and do all the things with my kids or, you know, it's, it's a trap really, 
because right. then you don't enjoy the things that you can participate in because your mind is so caught up in that. Right. Um, well, and, and I think and, you know, planning when you plan ahead for that, you know, if you know what your body can and cannot tolerate, or you know what you're mentally and emotionally, psychologically cannot tolerate, then you can plan for that. Plan ahead. Look ahead at your calendar and say, okay, this day we could do that, but then I need a rest day the next day and allow that time. There's no, there's no shame in that. If I plan for it, if it's on my calendar and I plan for it, then that's, I don't know, it helps me to not have the guilt. You know, if, if there's something that comes up and where I don't have it on my calendar, then I feel guilty about not doing it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I plan ahead appropriately, then I don't have as much guilt, I don't think. But yeah, I have yeah. this, I have an autoimmune disease and it's, you know, there's certainly limitations there and planning ahead and making sure that there is time sketched in to kind of rest and recuperate. And I think that is really important and there's mm -hmm. no shame in that. Yeah. I, I think what's helped me as well is I start really planning our Christmas season Thanksgiving, I start looking actually back in August to see what are the things that are the traditions that we like to do. When do the signups for those things start so that I can set reminders on my phone or whatever to get the emails or get on email lists of uh, places that are local that I know have events that are fantastic that I would like to be interested in. And then I just look at our calendar accordingly. Um, to see where those would fit in or not fit in or what, what can be scrapped. And a big, huge thing too, is not just like what I want to do for, for the holidays, but my kids have things. And, you know, especially when you have teenagers in the house, they have very big opinions on how they want to spend their time, what right. people they want to be around, you know, when they're little, it's like, yeah, we're all going to this thing and there's going to be other kids there. Wow. You know, you get to meet new people. Right. And by the time they're teenagers, they're like, which of my friends are going to be there or I'm yep. not going, or mm -hmm. I don't feel like it or whatever else. So I try to ask my kids, you know, what are the, some of the things or movies or ideas that you have for what we want to do this holiday season so that it's not just about what mom wants to do, but, you know, really engaging them in that decision-making process. Yeah. I have a, a teenager with pretty severe anxiety and he needs to plan ahead uh, quite a bit. And so if someone springs something on him, Hey, we're going to Bible study, or we're going to a teeny group tonight, you want to go, you know, I've had to encourage him over the years to take five, don't say no immediately, take five minutes, mm -hmm. think about it, evaluate all those options, and then answer. And if your answer is no, then then I accept it. But I'm not going to accept an answer like a knee jerk reaction of no, when you don't know all of the <laughs> <laughs> all of the facts about so for him, you know, planning ahead for those things and asking him what he wants to do. And it was kind of interesting. I, I thought of, as you were talking veterans day, you know, my husband's a veteran and mm -hmm. he remembered our son remembered, um, a few years ago, we went to red Robin for a meal on veterans day, um, where my husband could eat for free and everyone stood up and sang the national anthem. And that was, he was, he, so our son was talking this, maybe we could go back to Red Robin and maybe they would take the national anthem again. That was so cool. <laughs> You're like, well, how do you That's plan awesome. that? You know, like that was a really an impromptu thing. I said, mm -hmm. I don't think we can make anybody do that unless you're going to be the one standing up and start singing. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it's funny the things that they remember and the things that they find important that really stick with them. And 
Um, so that having that conversation certainly is important and have them make write lists and that could be, you know, language arts for one day, write a list of the things that you want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Vocab words. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh goodness. Or, you know, it could be, Hey, here's your project research and plan right. at this yes. event, plan this day for our family, what we're going to do, where we're going to eat, or if we're going to, you know, make food and have a picnic while we're out, you know, whatever it could be that can incorporate them into that process, then they are less likely to fight you on the right. day of they get to the feel in, in charge of it for sure. They feel like yeah. they feel in control. Those are some good suggestions. I'm gonna have to write some of that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Having those times of rest is important. Planning for the times of rest, taking time off as needed, scheduling it in, having couch reading moments. Just letting that guilt go of trying to do a school day during the busiest time of the year. Right. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram at Goat Homeschool. And email us at goathomeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.